And away we go. It is the BCJ podcast brought to you by the Holy Grail right here on BearcatJournal.com. As we uh, we get settled in for another show. We're, we're just cruising through the shows this week. We had the afternoon BBP yesterday. A hilarious PTP last night with Troy Copain, Kane Broom, and uh, Kevin Johnson. And today, you get myself, Chad Brendel, and the Bearcat Journal Conference Realignment Insider, our very own David Simone. Hi, Dave. Hi. I mean, if everybody else is a Conference Realignment Insider, right? Yeah. So is Dave. I mean, why not? Right? We'll, we'll wait till some people get in here, and then we'll give them your ultimatum for the night. That's right. I am, uh, as you can see, live from the road, Asheville, North Carolina. I'll be uh, up bright and early in the morning and headed down to Rock Hill, South Carolina for some AAU action. I should have been there today, but we had all the podcasts yesterday, and we had this podcast tonight. So you'll get AAU coverage starting tomorrow because content, right? I got to, we got, we got to get you guys your content. So um had a had some barbecue tonight dave how was it it was really good actually excellent it was uh it was a 4.9 stars on the uber eats app okay but i I have a question before we as we're allowing people to 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 get in the room i have a question yeah when when did delivery uh like restaurants just stop giving you utensils napkins like I, I i got barbecue i got ribs i got a two meat deal two meat and two sides i got ribs and chicken wings yeah i got hush puppies i got macaroni and cheese okay they didn't send me napkins or a fork i mean barbecue and napkins kind of go hand in hand one would think and then you know you probably need a fork to eat some mac and cheese. One would think. So yeah, it uh, it seems like a miss on their part. Maybe that's why they're a four point nine and not a five. Of five. Well, and I even like when you order on Uber Eats, there's a, a little box you check that says I would like utensils and napkins. And I checked that box and I still <laughs> didn't get utensils and napkins. Did your, uh, does your hotel have them? So I am staying at one of my favorite hotels. There's, and I, I got a timetable on this uh, as I was checking in today. I've been staying at this hotel apparently since 2014, every summer. Because uh, I stop in Asheville and then I'll either go to the events that are in South Carolina or uh, Peach Jam. So I'll probably be back here next week. Um. I love this hotel. It's a, it's a little tiny boutique hotel. Uh, it was it was run down. This uh, family bought it, completely gutted it, renovated it, uh, and it's and it's really sharp. And it's usually only like ninety bucks, which when you're looking for hotels today is it might as well be free. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> so yeah, they had napkins, they had a fork, uh, they had everything they need. I needed. They got me taken care of. And uh, so I'm good to go, but I just, I, I just want to know, like, 
you're a restaurant, right? I'm a consumer. Why, why can't I get plates and napkins with my order? I, I don't know the answer to that. I mean, ordering carry out these days is not cheap, Dave. I know. It's I actually try, very try expensive. Not, try not to do it. It's very expensive. Unbelievable. So, uh, so how you been? Uh, I have a headache. Oh no. Where, where, where'd that come from? Having the, the notion of having to, uh, talk about conference realignment again tonight, gave you a headache. It's exactly where it came from. <laughs> I, I hear you've been talking conference realignment all day. I have, I've been dabbling here and there, you know, just making my way through the the ebbs and flows. How, how, there... did, how did it go? Did you, did you figure anything out? Of course not, because no one knows anything. But um, apparently, I just saw this. I'm not sure that this makes any sense or would make any dollars. But apparently the Pac-12 and the ACC are discussing a broadcast partnership that would have the ACC network that basically no one watches or a new ESPN network. So what would that be like ESPN pack pack? Like, I mean, there's a a network that also no one watches ESPN channel uh, air pack 12 games on the West coast. So I'm just trying to understand this. The ACs that they would do, they would have a broadcasting partnership on a channel that either doesn't exist yet or that nobody really watches air Pac-12 games on the West Coast. But a question looms. Will it generate enough, enough additional TV cash to be worthwhile? I mean, I think we all know the answer to that, right? Like, if people How aren't much? watching Pac-12 games on ESPN right. or ESPN2, they're going to watch them now on the ACC network or some channel that doesn't even exist. Yeah. It, it doesn't... This makes a whole lot of sense as we've watched people try to prop up Pac-12 over the past 24, 36 hours. Like yeah. I, but I, don't wanna, I get... As, as the... Bearcat Journal, college conference realignment expert. I don't want to give any more info away for free. Dave is demanding. If you if you want Dave to talk conference realignment, you're going to have to pay up tonight. I have no interest in really talking about it. But I know that that's what everybody wants us to talk about. So if you want us to talk about it, you're going to have to pay for it. Or this will be the shortest Bearcat Journal podcast in recorded of all time. And I'm totally gonna, and I'm totally cool with that <laughs> tonight. Uh, <laughs> you know, here's Chad the, is not going to be looking like Dave here soon. Chad has hair. He chooses to cut it. I have well, no I chose, hair. I chose to cut it because I know I'm going to be on the road in a bunch of places that are hot as hell over the next like two weeks, two and a half weeks. And then it's going to be time for higher ground. And I was just tired of messing with it, man. 
I had to clear I it with Kelly. There's not really that much there anyway. And when right. you don't have much and you kind of let it go, it makes you look even like more bald than you already are. You are uh, doing a lot of buffering right now. I'm worried about this. The, I love <laughs> it's really going to be a short show if it's just me because I'll just I'll just go away. I know. Um, <laughs> it's got a thing on my screen that shows like one bar. Yeah. So I, I don't I don't feel great. Like I look great in my screen. But yeah, you're uh, not, you're not looking so you're quite quite pixelated, quite blurry, quite uh, behind. Let's see. Does that change anything? Am I am I, is my voice laggy? Uh, still a little bit. Oh. Until I see more signal strength here. I, there's three girls out on the uh, the the lawn here outside the room. And they're all on their phones. Well, tell them to get off the phones. Right? We're trying like, to, con hey, trying we're to, to conduct here. major intercollegiate athletics business here. In the past one minute, I went from one bar to two bars to three bars and then back down. <laughs> are you using your iPad? What are you, what are you doing? I'm on my laptop. Oh, okay. So, um, but but yeah, yeah like I, there's just there's so much. I just feel like there's just so much stuff being thrown around that is just full of ulterior motives coming directly right. from uh, people, places, entities in an effort to look like things are going a certain way. They might be, but they also might not be. So like I, I'm like Friday's show was a lot of fun because we had like concrete th thing ha thing happened we reacted right since that time the only thing that has happened is the Pac-12 has opened up their negotiating window early at the urging of all of the schools because they would like to have a better idea of what their next TV contract is truly going to be worth so that they can then decide if that is worth it to stick together or if it is it, or if it would be more beneficial to pursue something else not named Big 10 SEC because nothing that they do will be worth not pursuing that if those opportunities presented themselves. But other than that, like this is a bunch of nothing burger to me. It's because it's a bunch of nothing. Like there's, there's literally nothing happening right now. And I, I don't want to be a hypocrite. I've jumped in on the board and, and given a few comments here or there, um, you know, and, Posted some stuff, or, or I should say retweeted some stuff, like from The Athletic this morning, um, from Pete Thamel the other day. Um, but, you know, all of our favorite 
people that have generated a huge following over the years based on of just saying whatever comes to their mind, whether it's sourced or not, regarding the subject, they've made an appearance uh, over the last couple days. And I, I just don't know, like, I'm... I'm not discrediting. Like, everybody has a source. Everybody's source isn't impeccable. Um, so I'm not going to, like, discredit. You can, I mean, shit. The twenty, the Maryland 24-7 site broke them going to the Big Ten back in the day. Right. So, so, so it doesn't, you don't have to be a Pete Thamel for me to believe you. But when you've, when certain people have played this, I'll call it game for so long and said so many things and had so many tweets or articles or whatever on the subject. It's hard for me to go, Oh yeah, that this time I'm going to believe this one versus all the other stuff that has just turned out to be not true at all or, or partial truth or whatever. I mean, you say enough things, eventually things are going to, something's going to be accurate. So this is kind of like a. We've talked a lot about uh, Jason Schur, who is the basically the me of Arizona, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this is actually like it's funny because as this has evolved, um, let's see, turn my camera back on. Am I any better right now? Yep. Okay. Um, as this has evolved, we've kind of turned into like a uh, how-to on like sorting through the the reporting, what everybody's saying, what's what's out there, how to make sense of it. And from everything I know, Jason Schur is outstanding at covering Arizona. Really plugged in, really connected, like the go-to guy for covering Arizona. Well, here's the problem I, I I sensed was happening because he's the one that over the weekend reported that on Tuesday, the Big 12 and the, the four Pac-12 schools were going to meet. And everybody ran with it. Every outlet, Big 12, Pac-12 reportedly meeting on Tuesday. Well, yesterday we didn't, didn't hear anything about that meeting. And today... The only thing we heard was... Dennis Dodd, and then I'm I'm going to assume other sources from from the sourced athletic. by the athletic saying in discussions didn't say anything about a meeting didn't say didn't say they've talked already they're talking tomorrow like I just think we get and I don't want to cut you off and I'll let you keep going but like we get into this this I'm not going to say rut but this like mindset of we make we we make things the way we want to believe them and not what they actually are. Like, right? Did they actually meet? Well, we don't know, but this has turned into like they they're meeting. Okay, so, and then I guess um, Arizona State and Colorado made statements yesterday that were kind of in support of the Big 12 or the Pac-12. Wow, that's a stunner. Right. So he came out today and said, bye-bye, get and just the vibe. 
as Arizona wants the Big 12 and other schools are slow playing it or getting cold feet, doubt Arizona can move on its own. Found it interesting that Utah and Arizona didn't match Arizona State and Colorado statements yesterday. So you know what that tells me? In as many words, he was reporting from the Arizona side of things. Right. It was factual to the Arizona side sure. of things. And then projecting that to the others. And, and, and that's, same, not, that's not accurate. Right. Well, at the same time, like what you just what you just read also makes sense. Like it it does. Yeah. Like if everybody like if everybody was behind the the, the Pac twelve, wouldn't everybody say that? Right. That would be the reports coming from all four of those schools. And we would all Instead, say, well, we would all say, well, of course, that's what they're going to say. They're not going to say, like, this league sucks. We're out now that S- now that UCLA and USC are gone, like, blah, blah, blah. Like, but they didn't, but other schools didn't say anything. Right. And the Arizona guy had something to say, which tells you from the Arizona side, there's probably a lot of smoke. Yeah. They're but, interested but, in pursuing. But him using that to assume that it, it's the same feeling at the other three schools would be like me getting information on Cincinnati and then saying, you know, a, a year ago, well, this is also how UCF, Houston, and, and BYU feel. Now, I would have had a better chance of being right because, of course, they were going to take the, the Big 12 right. invitation. But I like I think when you're doing this, like you have to sort through. This guy is a a great source on Arizona, but that doesn't mean he's sourced at Arizona State, Utah, and Colorado. Right. He's inferring a lot, and he also we're not trying to like trash him or anything, but he paid himself in no. the corner by right. putting by putting time on it. Yes. That's why we and, and never. What, that's why we try, try to always keep things open ended. Like today, Oregon and Washington. You know, today Colorado might be totally cool with the Pac-12, and then tomorrow Oregon and Washington go to the Big Ten. Guess what? Colorado ain't cool with the Pac-12 anymore. Yeah. So it doesn't do you, you as Bearcat Journal site owner. It doesn't do me as contributor to Bearcat Journal, any good to it say doesn't like- do you as conference realignment uh, expert. expert. Right. Doesn't do me any good to say, even if I think it's 100%, it doesn't do me any good to say like, they're meeting today or tomorrow. Because what if they just don't? Right. <laughs> <laughs> it just makes you look, it just makes your reporting look inaccurate. And that's we and we talked about this yesterday a lot. Like for me, man, I've watched a lot of people's careers go up in flames trying to be conference realignment experts, and and trying to think that they're out in front of it. And then when it blows up in their face, they have no credibility left, and they lose their following. Like it doesn't it, unless unless I'm told from someone very high on upon high this is what's happening, then I'm not, I'm going to be careful with it. And guess what? People high upon high, even if I talk to them, aren't telling me what's happening. No. That's just the reality of it. Even though things moved quickly 
with UCLA and USC, you know, roughly a couple months, there was not a single leak. There was not, I mean, some people guessed, you know, but they're not, they're not basing it, you know, when it became public was when it was essentially done. So all these reports and scenarios, like, they're being given to these people from from someone, but do you think they're being given to these reporters from the people that are from the president or the chancellor or the board of trustees or the regents? No, no, they're give they're being given to people as well. This would make a lot of sense for us. Like I listened to you know we we reference him. Quite a bit. Stephen Godfrey splits into a podcast. He has a they have almost like a pay part now on Patreon, and they did a a podcast today. And he's talking about the two Johns out on the West Coast. John Canzano with the Oregonian, and John Wilner, I think, is with like the Mercury something in California. And he's like, these two guys, like basically 100 percent of the time, when they say something, it's probably believable. Like they they're very very good at covering what they cover out there. And he said, but also, everything that they're saying right now is basically exactly what you would say to try to make it seem like things are way better than they are. It's the same stuff you saw with the Big 12 when the when they were maybe going to get picked apart by the Pac-12 the first time. It's the same shit you saw with the Big East. Like, if you're if things are going really, really great, that's not getting out. Like you're trying to do the work, get your ducks in a row, and then and then do do your thing. You know, I've seen several people basically talk about, you know, here's the other part too to that. John Kinzana with the Oregon. Who has the most to lose if the Pac-12 goes away? What an Oregon State and Washington State, right? Right. So who does it behoove? the most to make it seem like things are going great right now behind the scenes. Oregon state and Washington state. Sorry. I was choppy there for a second. No. So like, who do people think he's getting this info from? Like, of course, Oregon state is wanting everything to sound great. They don't want the pac 12 to go away. Because if it goes away, their options go away. Yeah. I mean, they, they played a game on the podcast today of like three words to describe all these different groups. And one of them was Oregon State and Washington State. And Godfrey was like Mountain West champs. Right? Yeah. Like, so anything coming out is coming from someone who needs it to come out. Oregon and Washington haven't said shit because they don't need to say shit. They don't I mean not to say a word. They're valued, they're coveted. You know, they might not end up in the in the big ten, which they they might want to be. I don't know. Um but they're not ending up in the Mountain West. Right. So either they either the Pac twelve stays at ten or expands or something, they go to the Big Ten or maybe they go to the Big Twelve, but like they can do their bidding behind the scenes. Now it sounds like Bill Knight doesn't have a problem talking or Phil Knight's people or whatever. Um, yeah, but he doesn't have to shut up. Like he doesn't, no. 
He's just a big, he's just a big booster. He could say right. he could say he wants Oregon to to be on the moon. It does it doesn't matter. He can say he wants Oregon to go to the NFL. Right. But, you know, I think there is I just think there's a lot of hand-wringing and fatalistic uh, (laughs) approaches sometimes because of old, old things that happen and you just kind of play like the chicken little card in your head. Sure. Where I just, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I'm not, I don't know. I don't, the speculation is, is so silly to me. Like it's fun. It's a fun game. Like, believe me, we've gotten, I sent you a text yesterday about the number of views on the thread and it's up like 70,000 for when I sent that to you. In 24 hours. Yeah. 20, you know, 30 hours. Uh, are the Pac-12 presidents dumb enough to really enter this reported alliance with the ACC? Sure. It's not that they're dumb enough. It's that they don't have options. Right. Like when it's or when 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 your situation is or die or get fired, like or right. go to the Mountain West, you're going to come up with any harebrained idea that you think maybe can work. Like just because I'm sitting here think saying that I think it, it doesn't work, I'm not the one who, I'm not George, however you say his name, Kolobkov or whatever, who walked into this job a year a year ago, and is right back in the same situation the conference was in when he took it. Yeah, I mean, like he's trying to not get fired. You come up with a well, lot of a lot of random shit. When you're trying to not get fired. It's not even get fired. It's have his job go away for good. I mean, the Pac-12 or whatever will probably still exist in some iteration. It depends on who, like if the, if the, let's say the four corner schools leave and Oregon and Washington. Right. They go to somewhere and the SEC takes Stanford and, and Cal. Um. All of a sudden, there's like three teams left in the Pac-12. Yeah. Yes, it could, it could dissolve. Um, I think that's a, a like a nuclear option. Well, it's what should have happened to the Big 12 at this time a year ago. Yeah, the Pac-12 could have ended the Big 12 a year ago, and they decided they didn't want to expand. Whoops. They They helped them up off the mat. And now the Big Twelve okay, should buddy. be the Big Twelve should be, you know, doing the whole call an ambulance, but not for me. Right. Right back to them. I mean, it sounds Absolutely. it sounds like they are making an attempt. Again, sounds like I don't know. Um, you know, I tend to believe to some to whatever extent you can what the athletic put out today. But what does that yeah, mean? Yeah, like, like Max Olson and Nicole Auerbach and that crew are good at their jobs. But again, Very what does good. that mean in discussions? Like the big, the pack or the the Big Twelve can't give them any truly firm idea 
of what right. the, their next TV rights deal will be. Right. Think, they can think, give them think, estimations. Right. That's why the Pac-12 is opening theirs up now. It's not. It's not because they want to try to. I think it's driven by the 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 partners. They want to. They want to know how bad it's going to be. They're not looking to right. like capitalize. They want to know how bad it is. So they know if they need to get out. Okay, that should probably go away. What? Oh, you got a pop-up or something? I got a comment in the chat about something. (laughs) That is interesting. (laughs) I was going to answer that. Autoerotica asphyxiation? I'm just a... Of a goldfish. I'm I'm just a a college football realignment expert. I, I don't I can't. That's out of my realm. I'm not into whatever kinky shit your goldfish was into. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they're they're just trying to see like okay, how bad is it is it? Can you know, is it worth it? Do we think that this a move you know, it really comes down to you know, do you want to be tethered to California basically, but without Right. USC and UCLA, or do you want to be tethered to Texas without Texas? Like, which one do you think is more viable to you as a program, as a as a brand, as a you know, as a college football program? Because let's be real, that's the that's the setting factor for the most part. Sure. Um, and then you know, there's a I think that there's a lot of things too that that maybe get a little overlooked because we're looking at on field and brand and, and eyeballs and market size doesn't matter as much anymore. I mean, there was an article today where they talked about the Boston market, like the Boston market. How many people in the Boston market actually watch Boston college? Tell me that. Boston market's still around. I thought yes. those are gone. Yes. Don't, don't just, don't just throw out just random big cities as if they give a shit about the college football program that happens to be in them. Well, the Boston market is busy winning championships in every major professional sport. Like when's the last time that market cared about college sports? Yeah. I mean, they, the article also gave New York city, Syracuse to New York city. I've been in New York a lot of my life, a lot of my life. Those two places are not near each other. I'm sure there are tons. No, but there's of, a lot of Syracuse alum. I'm the sure there are. But you cannot just say, "Oh yeah, we'll just give Syracuse New York City." Yeah. <laughs> so, I again. I used to love Boston Market. Are there any of them left in Cincinnati? There used to be one in in Rookwood. I don't know if it's there anymore. I don't know. I don't go there anymore. But you know, I'm you... not in that general vicinity anymore. But I like Boston Market. They used to have good food. I do too. I think I ate one and maybe it's in Cleveland sometime. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, that, Jason, what... oh sorry, go. Ahead. This this is true. Uh, almost verbatim. 
anytime someone puts out a message of blatant confidence or togetherness in college realignment, it means they're freaking out, trying to posture, well, or trying to stab somebody in the back. <laughs> I mean, the, the alliance came out because they were hurt by the SEC and yeah, talked yeah, about lo looking into each other's eyes and shaking hands, and we don't need to sign anything. Because if we had, if we got, if by God we had to sign something, well, that would just mean, you know, that this is, we could, we shouldn't even be doing this. And then a year later, Kevin Warren just shanks the shit out of both of the other conference commissioners, basically. Yeah. So, I mean, but then you, you just have, like, there's so many more dynamics. Like, yes, and it's when it's or die. Some of these things go away, but like, sure. do you think Stanford and Cal for whatever, say whatever you will about them, but they are like insane, high level academic institutions. Yes. Like, do you think they really want to be associated with like a Boise state? that's not even in the top 300 of like the, whatever us news and world report or like a, Name the name the Big Twelve school. Like they're all good schools, but like we're talking about the elite of the elite, right? Um, well, like Stanford. Stanford, Stanford has like, more money, a higher endowment. Like they're just pumping out geniuses that are you know inventing shit left and right. Like I'm not dogging, even dogging the UC. Like they're in that group now too. Like a very good, becoming even better academic school. But like, do you think Stanford and Cal really? If they had it their way, want to be in the same conference with those schools? No, of course not. Do you think, knowing the political climate that we are in, do you really think schools in schools in Palo Alto, California, and Berkeley, California, who are run by people that are geniuses and all those things, from a political standpoint, do you think? Those people that run those schools in the state of California want to be associated with the people that have the thinking uh, the way that they do in Texas and Oklahoma or whatever other state in that part of the country. I will say no, but I will also say I don't. I mean, and then maybe it matters more in places like Stanford and Cal. That's what I mean. Like, I think it does. It clearly didn't matter to UCLA and USC. No, because but they have a different I think they have a different view of athletics. Yeah. Like, I don't think Stan, and this is just, again, this is just my opinion. Like, Stanford cut a bunch of sports a couple years ago and then got pressure and brought them back. I believe that's how it went. But, like, the mission of Stanford as a university, I do not think, even though they're all like Stanford, Cal, UCLA, USC, all high level, all AAU, like, but I just Great don't. academic institutions. I don't, they're not, they, like, Stanford does excellent in all sports. But, like, are they going to let football drive the bus for, for everything and make a move like this to align themselves or bring in or, you know, could I, they could, I could see them going to the Big Ten with other schools that have the same type of thinking as them, but it's hard for me to see them either wanting to leave that type of a situation or welcoming in programs that are just so, so polar opposite. 
from an institutional standpoint. Yeah, I, but then you, you get into the point of like, here's the thing. I was talking to somebody about this today as I was driving here. Like one of the main reasons that UCLA had to do this, Dave. They're in debt. One, they're in debt. And two, their universities do not subsidize athletics. Like, they're not lending a helping hand if you want to go spend more. Right. <laughs> well, I think that's, so they, the, that's the part of it that, like, they keep that high higher ed overall institutional mindset, whereas and I'm not saying one's right and one's wrong, but, like, Clearly, UC looks at it as we should we should help prop up this athletic, these athletics because it helps us as a total university. Where those schools look at it as like, hey, that's on them. We're a great damn university, regardless. It's nice that our athletics are awesome or can be awesome, but it's not our responsibility to to help them with shortfalls that they can't handle themselves. Well, and the other thing, like they don't need, you know, a Cal or a Stanford doesn't need their admissions to go up. Like they're going to take who they're going to take, and it's a it's a finite finite number. They're not looking to like grow into a sixty thousand student campus, right? Yeah. Like, so they're, they're very they're very fine <laughs> institutions. The way they've been doing things for a very very long time. But we've, got, there we've gotten being... to the point where, you know, some of this is becoming, you know, pseudo professional sports, if you want to call it that. Do those universities just are they just like this is not, this is not the model that that we strive to be for, right? The reason I bring what I brought up is, like, used to having the success that they had this year. Raised applications, what, 30%, 35% somewhere in there? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's every year they have more and more bringing the largest. Every year it's the largest freshman class. Cal and Stanford aren't looking to do that. Like, they're, no. they're, they're content with where they're at. Like, so they don't need sports as a commercial, per se, is what I was getting at. Like, it was like me on a Saturday night in Knoxville. It's quality over quantity. Depends on the Saturday night. I think that <laughs> that varies sometimes. Um, but yeah, so their mission is different. What they're trying to accomplish is different than a lot of these other places. And that's the thing. Like you were, and that's part of the reason USC was so hellbent on getting out. Was yeah, we're on the same. We see things academically the same, but we want to be something different athletically and we don't think that, you know, we can make fun of it and we can say that it's pompous or whatever, but like, they're like, we we're tired of pulling weight for Oregon state and Washington state and Cal and Eric, like we're tired of it. Like your entire existence is based on us and our history and being in LA and you being able to recruit there and, and everything that we've done is, is the re like outside of Oregon, Oregon, you know, 
made the championship in the BCS era when they lost to Florida State. Yeah. And then made the playoff when they lost to Ohio State. And Washington made the playoff the one year in 2015. Nobody in the Pac-12 has ever threatened a national championship outside of USC. Washington, whether they did they share one in like the 1990 Don James or something. Yeah. Um. But like you know, f- modern college football is just caught like the last 20, 30 years. Like, it's USC, man. Like everything is the whole conference has been around USC. So like, while part of me is like, well, you guys can't even like you haven't even gotten to the playoff or whatever. Like, so don't be so high and mighty. But at the same time, I'd be like, yeah, I kind of feel, I kind of feel the same way. I would kind of feel the same way because now it's like, yes, we have some catching up to do, but at least now we're, whether it's Ohio state or Indiana and Purdue, all of those schools in the big 10 are striving to get to the same place. And I'm not sure you could say that about, the Pac-12. It's crazy, too, because, what, seven years ago, Stanford was one of the best teams in the country for multiple years. Yeah, but I think that that shows you how hard it is to to do that at Stanford. Yeah, that's fair. And that and that makes – That's what she said, Tonk. Yeah. That's what's made me wonder, like, as the sport has evolved, how much do they want to – keep going down that road because they're going to stay true to their mission statement. And yeah, it was great to have Andrew Luck and Christian McCaffrey McCaffrey. and Toby Gerhardt, but like that is clearly the, you know, anomaly. Exception. Right. Um, We're far enough in Tonk that, that Dave said, if you want him to continue talking about realignment, as the newly appointed Bearcat Journal conference realignment expert, you're going to have to pay. Yeah, all these people that we just answered their questions better start ponying up. I'm, I'm turning this thing off. <laughs> you can't even look at me tonight. I know. You sound better. Try to try to flip it on. See what happens. Every time I flipped it back on, then it's it's taking a nosedive. So. Oh, Steve says I won't. Steve doesn't clearly doesn't know. You don't me know that Dave well. all that well. <laughs> you don't know Dave all that well. <laughs> Dave and I've oh, see now very much like there's very little threat. If, if it's ask my daughter if there if if I tell her she's going to get grounded if something's not by five o'clock. Guess what? Better be done by five o'clock. Yeah, I could be doing anything else right now. I do I do this for you guys. So like where do but like where do we take this from a UC standpoint? Because like I'm tired of talking about all these other things that in a in a roundabout way from a UC standpoint they don't like they don't have a vote in the Big Twelve yet like the the we just wait to see if the Big Twelve acts right like yeah what, I guess we could t- like Brett Yormark, new Big Twelve commissioner will be at Big Twelve media days. Uh, next week, he clearly is not waiting till August first for his official start date. Um, that that pretty clear. His start date became July first. Uh, the minute, the minute that uh, there you go. USC so and UCLA. Talk can come do all the jello shots he wants at the Indiana tailgate now. <laughs> 
But that means I have to give you that five dollars. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's usually how, how how transactions work. I got to remember next month. I've got to add five dollars to your uh, to your monthly stipend. Should be getting more than that. We got a bunch of stuff on last Friday. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean, he's he's. I mean, I think any report about him being aggressive is probably accurate. Now, what does that mean? Does that turn into anything? Who the hell knows? Um, you can't, it means you can be as aggressive as you want. You don't really have anything to offer them, right? Anybody right now, except for maybe like a safe landing space, assuming somebody else leaves, but it really doesn't sound like, it really doesn't sound like the big 10 is in any hurry to, to do anything. Um, I mean, I just feel like if, if Washington and Oregon, if they were told Washington and Oregon brought them a tremendous amount of value, they would have added them already. Well, there's also, what do you think of the kind of scuttlebutt that has gone around that USC and UCLA told the Big Ten, like, Oregon's a, Oregon's a no for us? Uh, I mean, I'm sure they told them that, but, like, if the Big Ten felt the value was great, they had to tell them, well, okay, sorry, you're either in or you're out like we're bringing them and you guys can all come or you can stay in the pac 12 we don't give a shit yeah but i mean if there's going to be some concessions of like let's face it they were added because they add value to the big 10's media deal so there's going to be some level of like we have a say like if if you're going to continue to go after the Pac-12, we would prefer that you kept Oregon out of it. Because oh, it's I'm pretty sure clear, they, for whatever I'm reason. Sure like, could say that. But if, but what I'm saying is if I'm the Big Ten, I'm going, well, they, they're they going to bring us all, you know, X amount of dollars a year. So, so I'm sorry. Like, you know, sorry you don't want Well, and then they say, okay, then we're not interested in coming. And then the Big Ten says, okay, whatever. <laughs> like, the Big Ten did not need to add UCLA and USC. Need, no, but they did it because it makes everybody more money. It does. But Oregon and Washington clearly don't also make everybody a bunch more money. Right. So maybe that's the easy route of telling USC and UCLA, okay, we, we'll say no to them. Yeah, I mean, if I'm UCLA and USC, I'm, I'm, I'm being like, hey, man, like you're bringing us in, we're, <clears throat> we're helping you recruit into California. You want us to be as good as possible. Well, c- cut our biggest West Coast competition off at the knees by not inviting them. I'm sure that's what they said. And then because they said, here, let us in- introduce introduce you to our friends, Stanford and Cal. Yeah, because they don't care. <laughs> and then you can, right. you can get two really good academic schools and then you can claim that you have the Bay Area. Right. Which that's what I would do. I would just try to get California. Yeah. And box everybody else out of California. Yeah. 
Makes sense. Like, you know, if you have those four schools, how many how many programs are really going to be spending a ton of time? Yeah, you know, you're still going to have to recruit California because it's it's too big and there's too many players. But like, all the good ones are going to go to those four schools more than likely. Yeah, or, depending on what ends up happening with the Pac-12, like. Oh, if the, if those four schools went to the Big Ten, then the Pac-12 is essentially toast. Right. Because there's no school in California then, unless they, you know, unless you had like no. a Fresno State or something. Well, I mean, you go at San Diego State, I would okay, assume. Great. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's. I don't. Know, the the dominoes are going to be interesting to watch fall. Like that was what was so interesting about Oregon and Washington being in that report about who the Big Twelve was being aggressive with. I wonder if they've already been told. Like, sorry guys. This one ain't going to work out for you. Like, the Big Ten is not your jam. Right. Because that would make sense, wouldn't it? Like, they're going to reach out, and if there was a stop put on them by USC and UCLA that the Big Ten agreed to, because they would have had to have agreed to it, like, for it to be this far down the road. But then you just tell those two, like, look, we're not, you know, you're not in our expansion plan. Yeah. I mean, in the Stanford thing, like if you're really taking let, – let's let's talk about Dave's favorite topic here. If the Big Ten's really taking their swing at Notre Dame, like Stanford makes a ton of sense. Absolutely. I mean, I just – I don't think the Big Ten has to do anything until – I mean, they Notre Dame decides. Well, they don't have to do anything, period. I mean, Notre Dame is just the, sure. the, golden, the golden goose for anybody. The, you know, the hottest chick you've ever seen. Um, everything, all things orbit around them. And are they more likely to feel the need to join a conference today versus two weeks ago? Sure. I'm not sure that can really be debated. Right. But... What has truly happened that has like painted them into a corner that they feel they have to? I think what the question is going to come down to is Notre Dame has talked to be valued at around what fifty million dollars a year individually for their media rights. Yeah. So the question becomes: Do they look at the Big Ten and say, "Well, we really like a hundred." Or they say, you know what? We don't we don't need to like sacrifice what we what we hold so dear in independence for the money. Is that money worth giving up independence? Right. Like how much is how much is right? How much is ind- is independent status worth? It's been worth an incredible amount to them to date. Um, are you typing? So far, yes. No. It sure sounds like it. <laughs> no, not typing. <laughs> sounds like somebody's banging away on some keys. Um, but it like they don't have to. They don't have to do anything. 
Right. Would it be nice? Sure. Unless sure. they want to. Right. Unless they want to, or they feel that they need to. Like they're never going to get. I just can't see a scenario where where they get frozen out. Where today they're Unless like, no nope. the playoff changes. But that's what I mean. Like today, today, I'm like, nope, we're good. We, we like our situation. And then in 2025, their their TV deal with NBC is up in like after the 2025 season. And that's and also they, when the playoff contract is up. Right. So if the whatever the new playoff format, if they feel like the new format is not um, beneficial to them, then they're going to go to whoever and say, we're ready to join. And that conference is not going to say, oh, nope, sorry, you had the chance a couple years ago. Um, so, you know, too late. Well, what? The Big Ten's been waiting on Notre Dame for 30 years. Right. They've been longer. Um, and the way that the, the last playoff you know, iteration that was very close to getting done before the ACC and Pac-12 decided they needed to take a holistic view of the sport. Um, had Notre More, Dame in a position to not have to be in a conference. Right. You know? But it's just, it's impossible to say, without knowing what the next playoff format is, I feel like it's impossible to say or give any sort of a timeline on what they need to do and when they need to do it. Like, would it surprise me? It wouldn't surprise me if tomorrow they're like, you know, we feel like things have changed. We, We need to join a conference. That wouldn't surprise me. But it also wouldn't surprise me if they didn't do anything ever or if they didn't do anything until they knew what the next playoff was going to be. Like, they're an independent. They were very, very close to making the college football playoff last year with one loss. Their coach left. They have a first-year head coach. And they have, what, the number one or number two recruiting class in the country for 2023? I think they're back to number one. So, like, things are going okay they don't have to do anything. And right. if that if that annoys people or if, if if fans are like, would you shit or get off the pot? They don't understand the orbit that Notre Dame is in. They don't owe yeah, they're it to back anybody. To, uh, they don't they're owe back it to, to number anybody. one. They've got 19 commits, one five stars, 16 four stars, and two three stars. Just because all these other chess moves probably revolve around what they decide or don't decide to do. If I'm them, I'm like, I don't give a shit. I don't answer to you. We're going to do what we want to do when we want to do it. Until the Big Ten and SEC go, well, we're just staging our own playoff. Well, that's what I mean. But, like, that's so far down the road that, you know, if that even happens – it's not happening before 2026. No. Well, 2025 is when the comp- when the playoff ends, right? Right. So there's no there's nothing in place for the 2026 season. 
Correct. There is no playoff in place for 2026. If Correct. the 2026 season were today, there would not be a playoff. There would just be an end of the standard. Season. There, well, there would be the standard bowl season. Right. There would not be. A, right. There'd be no 14 player. It's not like, and I know we've said this before. It's not like if they don't come up with something new, it's just a continuation of the 14. Like, no, the contract is over. Correct. Either, this is not either, the NCAA tournament. They're, they're, the, the NCAA has no hand in this. They either renew the current four-team deal and keep going the set with the way they've been going, or they come up with something new, or they don't have a playoff. Um, I, I disagree with this, Joe. Too much Nike and Seattle company money for the Big Ten not to take Oregon and Washington. They're going to be making $100 million per school in just their media rights. They don't care about Seattle and Nike money. It doesn't matter how much Nike money. Like Nike isn't giving them free deals for all their gear. And, right. And they're not a donor. It's not like, you know, a company is a donor to a league. You know, Just because, you know, <laughs> just because Phil Knight owns Nike and does a lot of things for Oregon – He's not just all of a sudden going to start doing those things for 16 other teams. Phil Knight is not giving out $20 million a school for all the other schools. He doesn't want the other schools to be good. He wants his school to be good. Right. Right. Like I, I just don't like it. I get where your logic is coming from, Joe. But that's the Big Ten's not going to see it that way. Like, they're just not. If that if if it if that stuff if that mattered you'd have like Memphis would obviously be in a big conference by now because Fred Smith FedEx would have bought them in would have just bought their way in, which they tried to do, and it didn't work. Um, Jason, it's really Fox and ESPN. Considering Fox took UCLA and USC from the Pac-12, I don't think there's any chance Fox is in on the Pac-12 anymore. No, this is a it's an ESPN thing now. Yeah, they have pushed the Pac-12 to ESPN and said, "If you want to save that sinking ship, go ahead. We're done with it. We took the two that we wanted. We moved them to our number one property." You can have the rest or we'll take what we want of the rest and the rest is on you. Save it if you want. And it sounds like ESPN is at least going to try. But an ACC Pac-12 merger? Come on, man. Like, well, how dumb is that? Here's here's the other thing. and I listened to uh, Andy Staples today on an athletic podcast and he did an article I guess like less than a week ago lose track of time talking about grant rights and this was a conversation I was in on the board today and today he talked about how he didn't understand a whole bunch about what was in the grant rights but that one thing he did understand was that it was all basically tied to ESPN and yeah his understanding is if they, what, depending on this, what this merger partnership alliance is or becomes, his understanding is that that 
from a TV standpoint, because the grant of the grant of rights is between the ACC and ESPN. That that then changes the contract and would possibly be something that would allow schools to get out of the grant of rights because he, he basically said like this is not this is no longer the, the same thing that we signed anymore right now i don't we, know we... I mean, he he's did all he's done a lot more legwork on it than i and you know but it's one of the things i wondered like did you see that the twitter thing that came up that, that, that somebody really kind of dug into like the grant of rights agreements and apparently they're just like three pages. Well, like it's not, was, um, yeah, that was, well, that was part of his article is that a kid or a kid, a student at Villanova back in like 2014 yeah. was doing something on them, a paper or a whatever. Thesis, yeah. And put out a freedom of information act and North Carolina actually granted it and gave him the grant of rights, which I think everybody was pissed off at North Carolina. And he is now an attorney in mergers and acquisitions. And he was, you know, in this article, he talks about how, like, the the funny thing about it is, is the, the athletic grant of rights is like two or three pages where something like this between companies would be 50 to 100 pages. And he said, it's pretty much blatantly done that way so that it's incredibly vague and it's incredibly hard to fight. And can become incredibly costly and and a huge penalty if you try to fight it and don't win. And and so like yeah, it's it's very it's very short for what we would think. I mean, like a general coach's contract is is huge. Is longer in, from a page standpoint than this grant of rights. And the ACC basically took the Big 12's grant of rights and just changed the names of the participations. It's almost the same thing verbatim. Yeah, they they just took some white out and like went over the participants and and copied the exact same. And there's copies in the. I mean, it's an athletic article, so you have to have a. I think you probably have to have a membership, but like you can you can look at the grant of rights for the for the Pac-12, the Big Twelve, and the ACC. And they're not that impressive in terms of what they. Like well, no, you're just, you're just giving the... you're ceding the rights, your broadcast rights to your conference. You know, so and then your conference is using those conference rights with a network. Right. So I don't know. It's way it's a way above, you know. Clearly it's never been to this point, it's never been you know, cost beneficial to challenge. Right. But, and I think the, one of the reasons is is that it's so long. If there was only a couple years left. Right. People would be, would be falling all over themselves to get out of it. Right. But like 14 years. Okay. So you challenge it. I I don't, I still don't even like know how, like, so you get out of it, but they still own your they still own your rights. Like you pay so a, you pay a, a penalty, a premium. Are there people in the pack are there people in the ACC looking to sabotage their grant of rights with this Pac twelve thing? 
Uh, I'm sure there's, I would not for one second think that there's not people looking at it as like, you know, maybe not sabotage, but how do we get it to where it's, a, we at least feel like we can challenge it. And sabotage. Have a, and have, yeah. And have a fighter's chance. Like, you know, Louisville's trying, come on. <laughs> Look at what they did to the big East. Like they purposely sabotaged the big East. A billion-dollar deal. Even though, well, I was And they Pitt. sabotaged it with an eye on the ACC. Pitt did that one. Yeah, Pitt Syracuse. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's even, like, I've not really dug into it just because I think it's, it's hard. It's hard language to try to figure out. And, um, but, Eric, Eric, that Boston College trip to Cal – once a year, that's going to save West Coast viewership because of Boston Market, the restaurant. That's right. Maybe they could be a sponsor bring back for, Boston the, for, their, for one of their big games or something. The Boston Market Bowl. Boston College versus Cal in uh, Fenway Park. <laughs> Do you have anything else on this? Can we be done? Yeah, I would like to. All right, we'll we'll uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll keep it moving. We'll timestamp that. We don't have a timestamp sponsor. If you're interested, my DMs are open. Sponsor the timestamps. Uh, you want you want to give your squad fest opinions? We haven't heard from you since uh, it was Thursday. Conference realignment, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was Thursday that we did the live pod. And then we had the Friday Squat Fest. We have not heard from Dave on his second trip to Squat Fest. Now, you had to bounce. You got to see the offense. You had to bounce before the defense came in because you had a tee time. I did. Just busy, busy man on Friday. Uh, but what were uh, what were your takeaways from the first half of Squad Fest? Uh, it's awesome. I love it. Um, like it really is the ultimate like testosterone fill. Oh. Yeah, like it's just like the music's pumping. They got guys with smoke smoke cannons. You know, Brady's got his Zuba pants on. You know, this year they had the 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 uh, throne set up with the, all the trophies from their recent successes, and then you know the big WWE style belt. You had I saw one guy on the staff had some jacket on and like his uh, his nipples taped up or something. I didn't really understand <laughs> what that was all about. I was, you know, I was a big fan of Michael Myers being there, being as awkward and as possible. Josh Wiley had a, a mask on that I wasn't sure what that was all about. Um, I mean, it's just it's just bros being bros, and I love it. It gets you like gets you right in the mindset for football. It's the ultimate football experience, more so than a game. The EK timestamp. Tonk, tonk, 
The Tonk Stamp uh, was was Tuesday. Well, the Tonk Stamp is also four ninety nine, and the EK Stamp is five oh one. So, I mean, so now I got to give you ten dollars. Well, you know, I go where the green at. I, I can't do it right now because my Venmo is all tied up with uh, <laughs> Nasty Natty. I don't, I don't need uh, $10 right now. Don't worry. All right. We, we've raised over $2,000 for the Nasty Natty in 24 hours. That's fantastic. Oh, you're breaking up again. Dollar match. What's that? Oh, it's the Danco Joe $1,000 match? Yeah. That's awesome, man. And everybody backed it up. They hit the $1,000. Danco Joe donated his $1,000. And uh, we're, we're helping those guys out. Those are awesome dudes, man. The PTP yeah. last night, everybody, if you haven't seen yeah, it, listen to the PTP. Sounds like it was a good one. It was very funny. Um, Troy, but- Troy Copain at, at one point needs to host a show for us. Okay. Nope. We laughed so hard at some of the stories these dudes were telling, especially when they started getting into like some of the Mike Rayfeld stories. Came Broom Dave said, Mike Rayfeld made me strong. Well, and I fell out of my chair. That's uh, saying something. He said, He got me big. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he got me big. And then he told a, a, a tale about how when he got here, he couldn't, he couldn't do the bar. Like, he couldn't put plates on and do the bar. That changed. That what, changed. what did he get? What did he get his max up to? Did he say? We dude, we were laughing so hard. We like follow up questions were not our specialty last <laughs> night. That's accurate. I um, fell out of my chair onto the floor laughing. Well, I guess I'm going to have to go back and listen. It, there's well, some really funny stuff in there. So we had a uh, we had Troy and we had Kane and we had KJ on and then next week we're following up with Corey Blunt, Shaq Thomas, Octavius Ellis, and Coriante DeBerry. Oh, nice! So that will be entertaining. They will not be as funny as having Troy on. Depends on what what Corey Blunt we get, I guess. True. Kane was really funny. Like like Cav was, Cav was Cav. He was more you know broadcaster, a little bit more straight down the middle. But Kane and Troy, man, oh boy, they let it fly. No pun intended. Did anybody talk about how, like, when Troy lets his hair go out in in his Euro League days now, I think he looks like Shaft. <laughs> <laughs> that comment would have been golden twenty four hours ago. That would have been like Dave. If you've got stuff like this, you need to send it to us so we can. Oh, sorry. Make sure it gets through. Our brains do not work like yours. No. But, uh, you <laughs> guys God. touched on the, the Tyler Scott, Trey Tucker stuff, so I don't need to, to rehash that. That was that was impressive. Um, Those two put on a show. Yeah. Uh, Cam Jones looked like he just came from a three-month hibernation in, <laughs> in you know, the foothills of, of Kentucky or West Virginia. Well, yeah, he looked like he went home for the summer. Yeah. Uh, but I think my thing was just watching, you know, it's just a watching dudes lift weights. I mean, 
it, it has some correlation to playing football, but I just like I just get the sense of like who the hell is keeping them from from three peating. Yeah, you missed you missed probably my favorite part of the day on defense was getting a look at a real look at Noah Potter and going, oh, uh, yeah, that was a good addition. Yeah, like, <laughs> I was just like I was watching him like beat the shit out of the punching bags with the other team's logos on him while the other guys all did wall sets, and I'm just like, these guys are gonna lose to. You know, not win the league this year, right? And that could that it could be in just insane homerism, uh, and not coming close to taking into account the like realness of what the team is replacing. So you know, if if that's what it ends up being, then so be it. But it's it's very hard. It's very hard for me to to sit there and go. But these guys don't have what it takes to, to win the championship again. I mean, there, there's a good one for you, Dave. Well, I didn't see the defense, so I, I can only speak to the offense. Um, we'll let Aaron answer for you on the defense. I mean, it's a pretty physically imposing team when you when you put out there five offensive linemen that are that are all, you know, over 300 pounds. You've got two 6'5 plus tight ends. You've got Nick Mardner at 6'6 to whatever. You do have some, you know, Tyler Scott and Trey Tucker are not, you know, they're not your first off the bus guys, but, but then you also have, you know, Corey Kiner and, Ryan Montgomery's like a fucking unit. Um, Miles Montgomery. So from the offensive standpoint, it's pretty imposing. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if it's. I would say equally. I don't know. I mean, I, it's hard for me to say more or less. I don't think that's a bad thing, considering how many people you had go to the NFL, right? Sure. I was gonna. I was gonna say equally as well for the defense, because I mean, if you have. Juwan Briggs and Noah Potter leading the way for your defensive line, followed by Jabari and Malik. All right, cool. Those, you know, they're not small dudes. Um, then you have Will Huber, Jaheim, uh, Van Fossen, and Deshaun and Ivan Pace there for the linebackers. All right, again, pretty, pretty big dudes. Then you got JQ and Shep and uh, Arquan and, I mean – yeah, the, I mean, even the DBs, they're, they're stacking up, I think, just as much as, as what you had with last year as far as just physically imposing. What say you, Chad? I, I didn't hear a word any of you all said because I was uh, – I thought I was actually going to, like, end up on the outside looking in for a second. <laughs> we, but we said I, both were – we said – we said both were equally imposing, both offense and defense. Um, I'd say a little less, just slightly less, just because, like, there are going to be people that throw to the boundary side of the field. Uh, Sauce was as physically imposing 
as it gets and for a cornerback. I think in I the guess. defensive backfield, when you take him and Cook out. Right. It, you know, from a – And from Kobe. Stand, Yeah, I don't, I'm, we're just talking straight, like, traits, physical, like, look. I mean, Kobe was like six two and a half, like, quality speed. Like, he was still – he wasn't a small like. No, uh, no, I'm not saying he was. But I would say the other two are the ones that truly like make it a big difference from that yeah. standpoint. And Beavers and Dublanco. Oh yeah. Like I mean, you got nothing. Jaheen like steps in, Huber steps in. They're they're bigger dudes, but Beavers and Dublanco were like you looked at those two dudes on the field and went, "Oh shit!" For sure. Like here's something to consider. Those two were about the size of Connor Barwin. And we always thought Barwin was just an absolute freak, right? Yeah, wait, wait until people see Potter and pads, though. I know. I agree. I, I just think defensively you have to say no. Um, offensively, Josh and Lenny are back. The line is back. Yeah, you don't have Alec Pierce and Dez, but you still walking out of the tunnel look like a hell of an offense. Mm-hmm. Now maybe you know, four months from now, we're having a different, a different response about the defense. But for right now, I'll go with I'll go with last year's defense. That was, that was walking on the field. That was like we're gonna whip your ass. Oh yeah. And for the most part, every Saturday they did. So, yeah. Phone um, show. I don't know. I don't. I don't really have a whole lot else on Squat Fest. We've talked about it a bunch. It's always. Uh, it's always so fun to just get a, a a brief insight. Even as much as we have him on, and he's part of the Bearcat Journal family. Like just seeing him in his element, giving the speeches before and oh, after. Yeah. Like seeing him running around and screaming into the mic and calling out guys. Yeah, I did get I did get to hear uh, to hear one one good one from from Brady for the offense. So that was fun. Yeah. Uh, which players got on the mic this year? There wasn't a whole lot of players on the mic. Um, no, it wasn't like last know, year where, where Sauce just Sauce walked had around it for with like, it the yeah. whole time. Like Brady had it for a long time. Lambert had it for a while. I think Sauce might have even had it. Wiley, I thought would be the best one to do it. I didn't see him with the mic though because he had the mask on. He was, he was too busy in, in mime character. Yeah, he was in character with a scary red and black mime mask. <laughs> it's fucking weird. Um, <laughs> psycho. I love that dude so much. Such a lunatic. Um, which players got on the mic? And more importantly, which QB squatted more since that is the true indication of who will start? <laughs> uh, I think they were pretty close. That's what they should I do. Think, Whoever squats more is, is starting. Yeah. My guess, I think Luther would have won that battle. Well, though. yeah. What do you think of seeing your first look at Luther, of that Hercules Luther? Uh, He's he's verging towards Brady Quinn. 
<laughs> so I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. I mean, it's well, good. We haven't Brady, seen, like, Brady was a great college player got drafted in the first round, but he was uh, one of the more muscled-up quarterbacks in, in recent memory. It, uh, it'll be interesting to see when he gets out there at, at higher ground. He's going he's gonna to put a hurting on some, some scout teamers, though. Some, some, thir- some threes. Oh, can you imagine him running like a read option and, and one of the walk-ons coming up and trying to put a hit on him? Yeah, when he's out there on, in threes and, and fours at higher ground, some him and Quincy Burroughs are going to be throwing all over some poor, some poor DBs. Quincy Burroughs is a dude, Dave. That's a that's a that's that's one of those dudes you look at and go, man. I I don't know for sure how it's going to play out, but that dude has every look of a kid that eventually is going to take a lot of snaps in the NFL. Well, he was one that. Um, hold on, sorry. That Brady like came over to me, and like pointed out like like he was like a proud dad like see that guy like he's he's that's what that's that's what i've been working on well whatever he's been doing has been effective because his like his he definitely don't look like a a freshman that was terrible terrible grammar um he looks like he's been here for a few minutes yeah he was working out lifting with trey and tyler and Keeping up, he is not. A, he is not afraid of the of the weight room. That's for sure. He he knows exactly where that place is. Who has bigger biceps, Luther or Ed Hockley? <laughs> I don't think Luther's quite to Ed Hockley levels yet, but uh, eventually, he's got some guns. With Luther, though, for me, it's more like his back and like his core are just. Like it's not what a quarterback looks like. Yeah. Um, no, Fest is always fun. It's kind of like to me. It to the, I know to them it like signals the end of like the summer lifting, w- winter, spring, summer period. To me, it kind of signals the beginning of the year. Like. When squat fist hits, I'm like, all right, we're we're kind of getting close to football season. Well, yeah, they they go home this week, they come back next week, they got OTAs for a couple weeks, and then it's off to higher ground. Yep. We are roughly a month from from the start of higher ground. So yep. it it ain't far. Like, I'll be out for these next couple of days and then back home for a week and then out for a week. And then it's 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 almost go time. So, yep. I don't have a whole lot of basketball. Um, those guys are all on a, on a week break as well. Hopefully next week I'll get to see them get some run in against the, the TBT team. As those guys all get to town, they get to, to town uh, here in about a week. Um, 
So I'm excited for that. And then I'll be back on the road for Peach Jam. And like I said, like it's then it's it's direct focus straight ahead. Camp Higher Ground, here we come. There was a uh, early question about how we feel about the 15th. Back to back. And I, w- I would say we feel the same that we have felt. Yes. But I did want to bring up an interesting topic with you without without naming names. Okay. Some of our friends seem to not be enjoying this recruiting cycle as as much as maybe the Bearcats are. And a new prevailing thought is that different schools and how they have handled NIL is affecting their recruiting. Do you think that is an accurate statement or do you think that is an easy excuse when things aren't going the way you've hoped? Because I've had a hard time believing that schools that are trying to compete at the highest level are like making it harder for their programs to recruit and the NLI is the reason. So here's the thing. Notice, like, when things started, I talked a lot about NLI, NIL. It's NIL, not NLI. It's not name, likeness, and image. It's name, image, and likeness. Name, image, and likeness. You said NLI. I'm just messing. You're confusing it with national letter of intent. Oh, I thought I said, who cares? Whatever. I'm just busting your balls. It's fine. Um, Notice I've stopped talking about it, really. Like I didn't bring it up on on uh, Jermaine Matthews. Like didn't bring it up on Malik Hartford. I mean, obviously, you know, Ohio State's gonna have more resources and, and better access to like. No one has a better system in place in the entire country right now. Right, but I didn't. I didn't pin it on that. I just pinned it on they did a better job getting it done with, with two of their primary targets. I think it is becoming an, an easy excuse. But the place that's doing it, the place that is making the... Let me just tell you, if they're not doing an LI, then they're just offering kids bags. Like they're just old schooling it. Because they're not uh, going quietly into the night on this. Now, I know they have an AD that has been very adamant about um, we are not going to use NLI to recruit. And that is kind, that's kind of where that sentiment is coming. Right. We're not going yeah. to do – Which I'm sure – I'll just say it because my school's the one doing it. Like, we're not going to do a Tennessee. Right. Like, that's where Mitch Barnhart's stance has been. Well, now you just outed the school, Chad. I don't care. Whatever. <laughs> um, but that has been, like, his thing is we're not, you know, we don't need to – uh, in, in you know, use NL, NL, NIL 
on the recruiting trail to get football program is going, uh, excuse me, sir. <laughs> yes, yes, we do. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. th this is this is actually how this is exactly how we operate. We've been doing this long before name, image, and likeness was a thing. Uh, and now it's legal and, and, and we're out. Like, I, I think that's where the pushback comes from. Um, but I'll just say they are not uh, they are not shying away from still trying to uh, monetarily entice potential prospects. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's and the I'll leave it at that. that that is a hoot to me is that now it's an excuse when you when you're not able to secure a commitment, even though. You know, without ironclad proof, uh, not much has really changed behind the scenes. You're just calling it something different now. Well, the problem being is now that it's out in the open, their AD is taking a stand against it, <laughs> right? So you know he's made it clear to those coaches that, like, this isn't how we operate. Like, right, you know the things that were happening, that, that happening like, before were happening in the shadows. Right, when it was being done behind the scenes, it was like, don't ask, don't tell, right? He didn't know, uh, you know, plausible deniability. Right, and now that it's out in the open, he's like, well, that's not how we do things here. And the coaches the coaches are like, uh, yes, we do. <laughs> yeah. So you're seeing a lot of that. Like, it's, I, just, it's just interesting. I don't know, you saw it's interesting that you saw it from from UCLA site. Like Isaiah Collier, it's because they're farther along in NIL than UCLA. Give me a break. Yeah, like like Come the on. G the G five team is farther along in NL in name, image, and likeness than one of the bluest of blue bloods in in the entire sport. That's located in. Like the home of NIL opportunities. Right. And has, Come on. you know, the deepest alumni base, the most connected alumni base probably of any school in the country from a bas from a purely like X player, right. X player standpoint. Exactly. Yeah. I just, it's just interesting to observe. Um, you know, and a certain coach seems to always send out quite a, you know, what I would call bitchy tweet when they don't get someone that they wanted. So it'll be interesting to see if there's any I tweets next Friday. I don't know. I, depending on, I, I think what's happening now, Dave, is you're seeing a lot of uh, coaching staffs at war with their athletic department. Mm -hmm. on this space because especially at you know at a place like ucla like we don't have to you know we're not going to we don't have to pay kids to come here right like that's their that's yeah. who they believe they are yes we're ucla you you want to come play for us 
well, that's fine, but just don't expect to be involved with the five-star kids. Right. Because everybody wants them, and they can go wherever they want. And so, what? you know, why are they going to go to you? They can go to another uh, similar program and get some money out of it. Right. And the coaches are going, hey, like, we still want those five-star kids, man. Like, we better start playing the game. And the AD is like, no, that's not, you know, that's not the spirit of what name, image, and likeness is about. It's supposed to be about for the kids that are on your campus and competing for your program and et cetera. Which I'm 100% in line with, but I'm not the one trying to get commits either. If I, if I was a coach, I would be, if I was a coach, I'd be looking at it a totally different way. I'd be looking at it as, I don't give a shit what your grandiose idea and Pollyanna plan for this system is. This is the reality that if we want to get this good kid, this is what we need to do. Like, I can sit here and say I think it's kind of silly that they're giving money to players that haven't proven that they are worth a penny, let alone $8 million, you know. But I'm not... I'm not the one whose job is on the line if I don't get those players. So you're either doing what everybody else is doing or you're cool with not getting those type of dudes. And then you should also be cool with like not firing your coach if he doesn't win enough for you because you wouldn't do what everybody else is doing. Right. Well, that's the thing. That's the, the behind the scenes thing, right? Is like, if you're not going to let me do my job the way that everybody else is doing the job around the country, then don't hold me to the same standard you're holding them to. Right. Like, why aren't you going to the Sweet 16? Probably because you're not letting me do the same stuff everybody else that's going to the Sweet 16 is doing. Yeah. I know I'm breaking up really bad right now, right? You're you're much better right now. You were you were back to typing away at the computer a second ago, and right, right now it's good. I haven't heard a word you said. It. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Del Delquan Warren received an offer tonight. Can you tell me anything about him? Aaron, can you talk to him, like answer him for a minute? Because I, I literally, I can't hear anything that's coming across. Well, I can tell you, I don't know anything about Delequan Warren. <laughs> that's what I can tell you. Yeah, uh, he's the he's see- the kid that he's the kid that visited uh, last week when Rayvon and uh, Tyler McKinney visited. He right. played he- tonight. What? I was just going to say, we talked a little bit about him on the BBP yesterday afternoon, but. Oh, God. He he played against Rayvon today. So if he got an offer today, that means I'm guessing he played really well against Rayvon this evening. Where, gotcha. where, is, he, where is he from? He's from Ohio. He plays with a team in uh, West Virginia. Well, maybe. Says he's at Keystone uh, Academy in Erie, Pennsylvania. Gen- oh. Me. He's from Erie, Pennsylvania. Sorry. <laughs> I thought he was from Ohio. 
This is going swimmingly. <laughs> yep. Your your favorite boutique hotel needs to to up their internet speeds. Agreed. It's not going great right now. <laughs> Somebody is downloading something major in this hotel. I, I I finally have both of you back a little bit. I mean, are you, are you sure, or do you just are you just dealing with some AOL dial up? Because your boutique hotel is giving away rooms for ninety dollars a night, <laughs> and and they don't they mean, have enough prob- cash you know, on hand to have real fucking internet. That's a fair. <laughs> A fair assessment of the situation. Uh, Jason, yeah, basically, yeah. Yeah, they'll pay players illegally. Well, the, the staff will pay players illegally because the AD doesn't know about it. But paying them legally, the AD has said no. So that's the dilemma that they're in. Well, that's because they're too busy trying to pay the uh, the football players legally to steal them away from everybody else. Yeah, but that's what they're doing is they're dropping bags behind the scenes because the AD doesn't know about that. But, you know, when it's above board, we're not interested in that in that racket. So crazy. Yeah. But it also seems like a very, very convenient excuse. Well, but it, it's it's very real, though. Like, it, it, is, it is. Their AD is very much on the record – and and what they're doing is they're using like they're using the basketball iteration of it in like we don't have to do that we're Kentucky but that only works in basketball for Kentucky right like they can they can say look we can't promise you anything in recruiting but we're going to get you a quarter million dollars in NIL the minute that you're on campus well and you're probably going to get drafted right so but that's not their football mo no. And now they're falling behind in football recruiting, and they got to have something to blame it on. They just got a four-star commit from corner from Alabama today, so maybe that'll make them all happy now. Well, they must have, you know, they must have approved NIL for him then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, my internet sucks, so I guess that's about the end of this road. Works for me. All right. We'll be back next week. I will probably, uh, next week we'll be fine. The week after I'll be somewhere in Augusta, Georgia. Well, I'm sure they got great internet down there. Yeah. A lot of hotel rooms. Are you close to the, yeah. Are you close to the masters? Usually I'm on the same street. Like I'm on the same road. I drive past like the, the, the entrance is all like blacked out. Like there's fence, but the fence is like, you can't see inside. For sure. So I can see where it is, but I've never actually seen. They're doing they're doing major uh, major course restoration renovation right now. It's pretty pretty ridiculous what they do every year to that place. I mean, how much does it change? It looks pretty much the same on TV. Oh no! Year. Well, it looks the same on TV. It changes. It's changed drastically over the last several years. Okay. Um, it's clo- like they close it down all summer. Like you can't play. That seems counterproductive. They don't care. <laughs> we have a golf course. 
but nobody can play it for four or five months. That's when they do all the they'll do all the work. Like they've they're stretching out one of the par fives, like brand new tee box, like totally different routing for the whole like. They did a bunch of work to one of the, to one of the par fours this past year, like totally re- changed like how you play the whole. You don't really see it from TV unless it's an aerial, but there's this really cool. I don't even know what it is. The golf golf nerds know about it, but there's this like really cool Twitter account that grabs these like aerial pictures of Augusta, and you can see like all the different stuff they're doing. Oh, fascinating. In like real time. So what Not, you're saying is I should take a drone. That thing, over that thing would get you. shot down so fast. <laughs> would they shoot it out of the air? Oh, I, I would venture to guess they have some some sort of fancy system that lets them know if things are in their airspace um, a certain amount of feet above, above the ground. All right. Well, I won't take a drone then. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it'd be beneficial. <laughs> All right. We'll see you next week. He's Dave Simone. I'm Chad Brendel. Thanks again, producer extraordinaire Aaron Smith. This is the BCJ podcast, brought to you by the Holy Grail, right here on BearcatJournal.com.